body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 16 of Behind the Mask. Don't know why I said the episode, but we're saying the episode this time. I'm Ryan Rodosovich, joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Cameron McLaren, who's currently, I don't even know what Cam's doing right now. But Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I think Cam's having like an exchange with uh, one of the one of our other reporters, Matt Merrifield, over in the, in the adjacent studio. I I don't even know what they're talking about right now. But, <laughs> I don't um, even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> we're doing a podcast, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. A little oh, yeah, distracted today, but we're, oh. we're rolling with it. Mm-hmm. We are rolling with it. Cam, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Uh, not excited for the work that I have to do after this, but, you know, it, it's college. It's Michigan State. Hey, so let's just get right into it then. Uh, some games to update for you guys. Number seven, Minnesota swept number eight. OSU, a little bit surprising. Didn't see that happening. Michigan swept Michigan State. Obviously, that happened. And then Notre Dame and Wisconsin did split their series. Uh, so an update of the Big Ten standings right now. Michigan reclaiming the number one spot with 45 points. In second place is Minnesota. They reclaimed the number two spot with 43 points. Ohio State falls to third with 42 points. Notre Dame is in fourth place with 35, followed by Wisconsin in fifth with 20 Penn State in sixth with 17, and then Michigan State rounds out the seven with 14 points. So as the updated standings for the Big Ten, let's get right into the recap. Michigan State took on number four, Michigan, or I, I should say Michigan probably took it to the Spartans. But game one, it was a uh, six to two loss for the Spartans. Uh, Spartans started out strong. They had a strong first period. They were outshot nine to seven, but showed that they belonged there. Uh, went into the first intermission down one, so not not a bad start, in my opinion, for the Spartans. And then about halfway through the second, that's when the momentum heavily shifted. Michigan had two high-percentage chances right in front of DeRitter. Both of them barely, barely escaped the net. And then right after that, A.J. Hodges took a bad tripping penalty, and that's where it all went downhill. Michigan exploded for four goals in 10 minutes, three of them power play goals, two of them by Luke Hughes, and MSU went about 20 minutes of game time without a shot. So it was huge momentum shift, and U of M just ran away with it from there. Uh, later in the game, though, late in the third, U of M pulled Portillo, put in their backup Jack Levy. Uh, Levy? Levy. Definitely Levy. Yeah, Levy. Yeah, probably Levy. Okay, sorry. Sorry about that, Jack. Uh, and Levy let in two power play goals, one from Jagger Joshua and Christoph Papp, both their second goals of the season. So even if they were garbage time goals, it's still still good for them to get on the board. Uh, some stats from the game. U of M went three for five on the power play. MSU went two for four. And that was the recap of game one. Gentlemen, what do you guys have on that one that happened in Yost Ice Arena? I mean, just Michigan is just such a deep team. And with the with the way that Michigan State's been trending the, this entire calendar year, for the past month and a half or so, it's just not been fun, but yeah, Michigan is just such a good team and they're proving it. I mean, just the talent, even without those Olympians and all that, you still have a top five draft pick on your team and plenty of other NHL caliber talent on that squad as is. So it didn't really surprise me that there wasn't that much of a drop off between the Wolverines with and without 
Benir's power, Hugh, no, not Hughes. Um, no, who is Brisson and Johnson. Johnson, yeah. He, duh. Ted Todd, come on, Jacob. Sorry, oh, I don't know bubbles. every single player on this <laughs> right now <laughs> no. who was a top five draft pick. I think the first thing that I would like to start off with is by no means was this a strong performance. Um, I said it on Sunday, and I, I will say it again. It was pathetic. Ooh. Because Michigan State was in that game for about 10 minutes. Do you think they were in they the were whole in that first? Game. They were in, no, they were they were not in for the whole first. I, uh, maybe 15 no. minutes of it. They They weren't. Because as soon as they killed off, they killed off an elbowing minor. Uh, I think it was, I forgot who it was too. It might have been either the Granowitz or Estapa before he got the can. But oh no, that was the second game. Yeah. Either way, they still they killed off a penalty in the first game, in the first period, and Michigan State didn't have anything going for them because both teams started out sluggish for the first nine minutes. And then just Michigan took it to them, and they took it to them fiercely because they scored 35 seconds after they killed off the penalty. Michigan did, so that made it one nothing, and they just they kept going. It was it was bad. It, Michigan State was just swimming for their life at that point. Um, yeah, let me see. I have it right here. Power play penalty summer. Yeah, Estapa for elbowing at 11:25 of the first. So 10 minutes in. Uh, they kill that, and they score immediately after killing it. Estapa actually gets a second assist because it was he literally had just left the box. Truscott gets it. And then it was just stupid penalties. Yes. They were dumb oh, penalties. Yes. Gallagher's in front of the net or in front of his own bench tripping a guy. They're going to call the nitpicky stuff in a rivalry game. You may be able to get an extra whack in, but why would you give them the opportunity, the refs, to call a penalty like that? And they called it. They're going to call it. And that's just when things went from bad to inexplicably worse. Um, Michigan State, up to the point of that Hodges tripping penalty, had, I think, two shots on goal. And they were within two minutes of each other at the beginning of the period. They didn't have another one for the final 15 of it. And Michigan scores just goals immediately after... Michigan State just takes penalties like it's just it was it was hilarious because they they took stupid penalties and they couldn't kill off the they couldn't kill off the penalties and Michigan goes in to the second intermission up five nothing um give credit where it's due Luke Hughes scored from the exact same spot for both of his power play goals so good for him I mean getting on the score sheet against a rival whenever you're a younger guy good for them and then Michigan State just scores cosmetic goals at the end on Levy because they brought him in. That was his first game action that all year. That was his first game action all year, and they, they brought him in because Portillo was playing great. So nothing really other than the fact that Michigan State went without a shot for, I think, 17 minutes and 38 seconds. That's I think what that's it was. Because okay. um, I was trying to do the math because of the, the score sheets were weird, how Michigan does it, because it's like counting up or counting down depending on – I guess which stat they want to, or stat broadcast yeah, they want to so use. Weird. But long story short, it was just not a f- very good game. Uh, Cole benched, I think, two or three forwards because Cole Krieger was playing forward for, I think, the final period, possibly 
yeah, the whole the final third for the third period he was he was playing forward. Um, I don't necessarily know who got benched specifically. I have my suspicions. I'm not going to call them out because that's not who I am. But they knew who they were. Um, we talked about it. Uh, the the media did after the game, and uh, yeah, it was just they were not happy after the game. Cole said that you know it was just a few things didn't go their way, a few bad chances or a few bad changes that led to scoring chances for them, and just turnovers and oh, yeah. taking terrible penalties. So yeah, and I th- I'm gonna build off that just a little bit. Um, just to kind of add to what you were saying, as far as context goes, to really prove to you how that game was lost in the second period. Uh, in the second frame, Michigan outshot MSU 17-2. to Yeah. yeah. Uh, MSU took four penalties, and Michigan scored four goals. Yeah. In that time, just for context. Not all in the power play. No, but no well, uh, three were in the power play. The four, yeah. uh, Moyle's goal, which was, was the yeah. fourth total, um, was even strength. And they scored three goals within quick math, 330. Three minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bleeding profusely that you used last week, I mentioned yeah. it like twice that game as as we were sitting there because, yeah, that's what happened for the Spartans. It was just they they didn't weather the storm. I mean, I told you while we were up there watching the game, and I was like, you know, they take Gallagher takes that penalty. They were they were start. It just seemed like as soon as that two that ten minute mark hit that second period, just like it did in the first in the first period, the, it just seemed like Michigan State was swimming in a riptide. They just were fighting for air mm-hmm. as Michigan took it to them, and they couldn't they couldn't stop the bleeding. They couldn't weather the storm, and they went down five nothing into the third. And yeah, I I like the fact that. Joshua and Pap scored on the power play, but it doesn't take away the fact that they were st- <laughs> they're cosmetic. It's a cosmetic goal at that yep. point. Mm-hmm. Garbage time for to use basketball terms. So that was game one. Spartans fall at Yost six to two. Moving on to the next game, the duel in the D, which Michigan won four in a row coming into that, looking to make it five. And uh in in the first period, in my opinion, MSU looked competitive. I'm not saying they looked good by means but competitive by their own means in this uh in this losing streak but with that being said they did go down 2-0 after 20 uh in the second in the second period rather probably the most entertaining 10 minutes hockey i have ever seen in my life if you guys were able to tune into that game you listening like even even if you were you know an msu fan you have to appreciate some of that hockey it was absolutely crazy so after marcus tapa of U of M got ejected for hitting from behind the back. All heck broke loose. Uh, Michigan did push the lead to four to zero with two shorthanded goals, something that I don't think I've ever seen before, even though it was a five minute major. And then or both off bad MSU turnovers. We talked about it last game. These turnovers were both, oh gosh, just, just, I don't even want to replay them in my brain right now. But all of a sudden, MSU down 4-0. Nash Neenhouse with a snipe from the point. Okay. 4-1. Still power play ensues. Susanna bounces one off a body. It's 4-2 in 36 seconds. Boom. Just like that. It's a game. And then U of M responds. And uh, Nash also responds back to U of M. Now it's 5-3 for U of M. And then this is the one that stops the any momentum that MSU had at that point. Uh, Granowitz with just over one minute left pushes the lead 6-3. And then U of M ends up closing that game seven to three because they played some good prevent defense in the third. So 
that is my little spiel. What do you guys have on that game? So my biggest takeaway from that, and I wrote about it in my recap a little bit um, towards the end, was I thought the defense was just way too aggressive. Because if you go back and watch the replays of pretty much every Michigan goal, it was either the result of an odd man rush with a one-timer or a breakaway or something like that. And if you go back and watch the replays, you'll see, oh, the defenseman on like 90% of these goals um, jumped up to try and play this puck or go after it to, uh, for whatever reason, and he just gets burned. And they did. They kept doing that repeatedly, um, and so against a team like Michigan, with all that talent around them, it's not. It's just asking for disaster. Um, one of the things I thought was especially like who I thought kind of MVP of that weekend was was Luke Hughes. I think he finished the weekend with six points alone. So I, like there were points where he was kind of just quarterbacking the entire offense, and like he would be able to pick out plays like that where. He'll he'll sauce it all the way down the ice, um, because a you or a Michigan State guy um, will bite on a play, and yeah, and then his other forwards will just they'll get it in the right spots and they'll capitalize on it. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. Um, I think out of all of it, but yeah, other than that, it's kind of interesting too because the defenseman did score all three goals, uh, two from Neenhouse, one from Sasada. Oh yeah, good so to know. it's it's kind of it's a risky game they're playing where it's like, yeah, they are getting the offense, but like also by the same token, for every goal you score from your defense, they're giving up two the other way. So it really doesn't do anybody any good. Also, then at that point, um, you know they were down six three going into the into the final period, and so like that's not great. And but there's there's still room there. You're not. I wouldn't say completely yeah. out of it. Not all hope is lost at that point. There's small chance for a comeback there, but they just did not execute in the slightest. They got outshot 15 to one in that final period. Oh my um, gosh. So like, and if, if you're trying to come back with three goal deficit, getting one shot on goal over 20 minutes is not going to do you any favors. So there's a number of things in there. Uh, top to bottom, Michigan was just the better team and they showed it in pretty much every aspect. Yeah, and I said Michigan played prevent defense in the third. They pretty much did that, but because they did it so well, it just turned right into offense. And MSU iced it probably like seven times in a row. It was it was not a good showing in that third from the Spartans. Uh, Cam, what you got in this game? I mean, to your point about the, the defense being too aggressive, I don't mind that. I really don't. The reason why is because, as you said, you take a look at some of those goals— I think three of them came off of turnovers at their own blue line. So when when you talk about, oh, the the defense is pushing up higher, that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, how many NHL teams do you see where you have a one-trailing defenseman that's bringing the puck forward? It's exactly what happened. Because I'll tell you this, the fourth goal for Michigan, for Bortolo, Cole Krieger tries to play it off the boards to himself, and it goes off of Bortolo's stick, and he's in on goal. So and that happened, I think, twice that game. I think Samus Gavich's was off of a Cole Krieger turnover, almost in the similar position, and Bordalo's goal was another one. Um, they had a power play goal with Dylan Duke. Of course, it comes from Truscott and Hughes. So there's your defense for you. Um, and I think that was a tap in. It was literally a tap in. Oh, yeah. But I mean, yep. it, it could have been a lot worse. Mm. Um, Michigan State was in the game, 
for a minute 35 seconds until they turn the puck over and Michigan scores. Um, it wasn't a bad first period, but you can't go down to nothing. Yeah, they dig. They dug themselves into a hole quick, and that's what happened. And then Neenhouse and Sasana get on the board immediately after a timeout slash challenge that was essentially just a yeah, timeout, just a timeout. By, by Cole. And they score within 35, 36 seconds of each other, which you would have liked to have seen that the night before. Um, they kind of did when they got on the power play um, late in the game. But Michigan State did not shoot the puck on Friday. They shot the puck on the power play this time on Saturday. Like that was that was one of the more eye-opening things. And then, you know, the soul-crushing four minutes later, Lambert scores and I I knew what these goals looked like Sunday. This is a Wednesday, so I don't remember exactly what they look like. But I think the Neenhouse goal was itself just beautiful because that puck would have went in like five seconds before it did. It got cleared off the line by Blankenberg, I believe, and then it just finds Nash in the slot. But it was a beautiful play. It was a beautiful setup by the Spartans. And then... To your point about the defense being up, the Granowitz goal was nobody's nobody's fault, but why the forward is there in the first place. Um, Michigan State had three players on the blue line, and Johnny Beecher noticed on the left side that he had a back-skating forward. Yep. I think it was Tucker. It was Tucker. Yeah. And uh, nothing against Tucker. He's not going to win that battle. You, you, you're not going to win that battle if you're a backwards skating forward. I don't care. Like, what, what is it? The uh, Selkie? Best defense. Yep. The best defense. You could be a Selkie award winner. You're still going to lose that skate nine times out of ten against the forward, especially Beecher against Tucker. Beecher notices this because he sees the long hair of Tucker, just <laughs> skates around him, and somehow Granowitz splits the Krieger twins and just taps it home. DeRitter got a little piece of the pad on it, but it's just... That goal you can't give up. And you can't put DeRitter in that situation where he has to make that save because he will, and he made very good saves in that game. But you they you can't put him in that position. You can't let a forward just split the defense like that when nobody's marking him. I get it if you're trying to take the lane away, but somebody's got to get on him. Somebody's got to lift his stick. That didn't happen. Tap in goal, 6-3, game over. Because Michigan just... They had the puck the, almost the entire third period. They just yep. they, they would just play it. They, they still got their opportunities too. He said fifteen to one in shots. They got their opportunities. DeRitter made a lot of saves, so it's nothing against it's nothing against Drew DeRitter. This is an inflated scoreline because he faced probably he faced shots that are going to go in ninety percent of the time. And it's not because the defense was too far up. It's because the defense made. Terrible passes and terrible turnovers. And to your point about Michigan State icing it, they were trying different stuff in that third period because it seemed like Michigan would go into a 1-4 at one point and then they would switch it up and run three deep. Like they would just, they were toying with them. and Absolutely toying with them because Michigan was still putting in a three forward press in the third period, up by three. And then they just said, you know what? We're going to run something else. We're going to run a different set, different play. They ran a 1-4. 
And it's like you're not gonna beat a one four if you're Mich- if you're Michigan State in that situation because they're just so far back. You try to you try a head man feed, it's gonna go down for an icing, and it did three times in a row. That shows how well coached Michigan is too. Obviously, four skaters gone, they still run their systems no problem too. But it's it's Michigan. That's the thing. They it's it's almost like a factory system, like part or what is it? Interchangeable parts. That's exactly what they were. It's, of course, I like how Pearson apparently after the game said it wasn't four skaters that they were missing the six because of two other uh, guys that just weren't playing. And I'm like, okay. Why'd you have to say that? Like, <laughs> Why'd you have to say that? But it's like your program is built to where those guys go to the Olympics. You're not missing much. I mean, the scoreline stays the same. Maybe one more goal, but. I yeah, turnovers, turnovers on Saturday killed them. Penalties on on Friday killed them. Mm-hmm. So with that series sweep of Michigan over Michigan State, Michigan State falls to eleven eighteen and one overall, and their losing streak extends to ten. Enough talk about that though. We got some good news, some positive news. We got your weekly Lewandowski and Lochran update brought to you by yours truly, Cam. What you got for us? I don't even know if it's good news. Um, It's news. It's more positive than what happened this weekend. (laughs) So Lewandowski has been upgraded from week to week to day to day. There is no official word on if he will be returning. I suspect it is a game time decision. Um, Both players were in practice. Um, And let's see. What else can I say without losing my access? Hmm. Question, <laughs> question, question. Let's just say practice was very interesting. Or what happened at practice was interesting. But yeah, Lewandowski, Lochran are on the ice, and that's as much as I can say. So game time decision for both of them, possibly. That is not from anybody else but me. Um, That is just my sneaking suspicion. I am probably wrong, but we will... We, we will see. <laughs> for the sake of MSU hockey and for all of us here, I hope you're right. Because <laughs> MSU needs him back, man. I I will say if, if Lewandowski does come back, that is a big addition to this team. Just oh, because yeah. you, you can finagle your power play a little bit better. So Even on that, the numbers don't lie. I mean, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but look at how the team's played with him versus without him. Like, their last game with Lewandowski in the lineup, they were playing the number, well, at the time, fourth-ranked team in the country to a one-goal game. Was that with... What what, didn't he play for the Western game? No. Oh. He re-injured it against... Wasn't it during that game, though, I thought? I thought it was during Tech. I think he left halfway through the tech game. Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure that was the tech even game. then. Look at where up to the that point. Look where the season was. Yeah, it's an odd. I think they're one in fourteen without him. Yep, I do got the stats. One in fourteen without ten three and one with. So obviously night and day difference. Case yeah. in point. And this 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 is where like I bring everything back up, and I'm surprised that it's not in here because I know a lot of people are talking about it in terms of you know we we as a podcast talked about it last week of you know Dan Cole and this program. It's this is still the same team that we were talking about pairwise rankings yeah. two months ago. It's, it's so, crazy to think about that. 
when, you know, I thought about that today, I was like, wait a minute. We were talking about pairwise at the end of December. Like MSU had a chance. And not to mention the the big elephant in the room, they still have a chance to finish fifth. Yes. Like yeah. let's not like Sorry, let's, I forgot to let's address that. that. I wanted I was gonna talk about that a little more once we got into the Notre Dame preview. Uh, but yeah, like there's they have to have a couple things go right their way. But the likelihood of those happening is really, it, I mean, it's pretty it, high. It's a, it's it's just a crapshoot at the bottom. But they still have the opportunity to finish fifth, and that's a little. They said it's a little. Um, it's an incentive. Dan Cole said it's a little bit of an extra incentive. Mm-hmm. Long story short, basically, you're banking on Michigan State to win. Uh, they need to win a, three out of their next four. Yeah, and then also for Minnesota to basically not lose out. Because Minnesota both plays both Wisconsin. So yeah. So this weekend, um, they play Penn State, and then the next weekend they play Wisconsin. So who does Wisconsin play the last series of the year? Minnesota. Yep. Or what am I trying to say? So the, um. Oh, they don't play this week. Yeah, because they have a bye this week. Because they have games that in hand. makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So Penn State plays Minnesota, and then who does Penn State? Pl- oh, then Penn State plays Michigan State. Yeah, the, the math the math is very favorable if you are a Michigan State Spartan hockey fan. Exactly, because once again, the teams they're playing, it's not like there isn't much room uh, for the other teams to really pick up that many points. The only problem is, is that they're all going to be like one goal games. Yeah, if your your season. If your Michigan State is hanging by a thread and a th- like the thinnest of horse hairs right now, every single time you get on the ice for a game, because you lose two games, you are not playing Notre Dame opening round. And the other thing is, is Minnesota is going to have to be competitive because they're still fighting for a Big Ten regular season title. Mm-hmm. It's three points separating three teams. I think that's the way it is in the top three and the bottom three right yep. now. Oh yeah, because Ohio State, Ohio State's right in that mix too with Michigan and Minnesota. And actually, technically, Minnesota and Michigan have the upper hand over Ohio State in terms of games played mm-hmm. because Both they have two less. two less. Yeah. So that that's where I was getting a little bit perturbed last week. Of why be so quick to write people off and bring up statistics about not finishing? No offense, Ryan, because you brought this one up. Hey. But <laughs> no offense, but like. They still have the opportunity to finish fifth. Yeah, that's the like, crazy that's... thing. Ten game losing streak, and they still can finish fifth. Like, it's it's crazy to think that. Yeah, this conference is wild right now. It's just there. There's the statistical likelihood of them doing that gets lower every time they lose. The more points they drop, the more they have to think about Wisconsin. But not gonna like unless that's at Kohl Center. I don't think. Wisconsin wins one of those games. So for me, I I think the likelihood of Minnesota beating Wisconsin, as long as it's not at Cole Center, both times is high. And then if you're if you're curious, they're both the Mariucci. It's a it's about it's game set. Oh, it's almost game set match at that point. So yeah, yeah. the the remaining schedule right now is Wisconsin has a bye this week, and then they go to Mariucci the week after. Um Penn State is has Minnesota at Pagula, uh, and then they go to Munn. And then, obviously, Notre, Michigan State has Notre Dame and then Penn State both at Munn. 
So as of right now, is that right? The 20 and 14. So Michigan State's six points back. Yeah, yeah. Michigan okay, State six I points know, back. I know that they were kind of yeah, weird with it. Different numbers all over the place. I've so got you a need, table you going need, in this I'm writing. You need Penn State. They can't win more than two games. Michigan State has to win three out of four. And you can't have Wisconsin win more than one game. If Wisconsin wins two games, you're not getting fifth. Nope. Um, if Wisconsin wins one, MSU has to win all four. No. Oh, really? They only have to win three because I think they have the tiebreaker over them. Oh, I think I they, they have the tiebreaker. So, your magic number is 23 points as of right now. But everything does kind of look better if, you know, Wisconsin only, like, if Wisconsin gets a regular, if they get an overtime win, then you're you're feeling a little bit better. Then it drops to 22. The more points that Wisconsin drops, the more likelihood Michigan State's in because, and, you know, this could be a perfect segue into the Notre Dame series, but Michigan State is going to play Penn State a lot closer or probably a lot better than they did at Pagula because it's Pagula, hard place to play. And they have Notre Dame coming up, and those are always close games. But Michigan State still has the winning record over them in the last 10 meetings. So they've had their number. So this is the really interesting thing about tiebreakers. I'm not sure how they actually do tiebreakers in the Big Ten, but the first series Michigan State played against Wisconsin, they won the first game 3-2, and second game, 5-2. When they had the second series, Wisconsin won 5-2 and then 3-2. The same exact score. So if they go off just just score alone, there's no tie to be broken there. I forgot what it is. It's not winning. It's, it's I weird. Was, winning. I they was were just looking talk, at the... Points percentage or something? They were talking about it um, I was just looking at this the other day. Uh, let me find this somewhere. But, I mean, we can get this going while... Well, he looks that up, and we can just talk about Notre Dame because that's yeah. There's oh. no sense in looking up tiebreakers if they can't get past the enemy at hand. Yep, and uh, I'll just go ahead and update the schedule. You guys probably know what the heck's going on, but obviously, MSU will be at home against Notre Dame Friday and Saturday, and then they close out this the uh, season or the regular season, I should say, at home against Penn State. So hey, let's just jump right into the Notre Dame preview. MSU welcomes number twelve Notre Dame. To Mon Ice Arena. Uh, Notre Dame currently sits at 21, 9, and 0, fourth in the Big Ten with 35 points. Uh, the last meeting uh, was last meeting, MSU took a 3 to 2 loss and then a 1 to 0 overtime win, courtesy of Lewandowski. So that's some memories to bring back right there. Uh, they just came off a split against Wisconsin. And some other stats for you. Notre Dame has the best penalty kill percentage in the nation with 92.7. They've allowed one power play goals in the last seven. So don't look for MSU to be relying on that this weekend. And then they also have allowed the ninth fewest goals in the NCAA with 66. So Notre Dame coming to town. MSU needs to pick up at least one. What do you guys got on the series? Well, did we want the tiebreaker yes. procedure first? Because yes, I got that right. Yeah, Sorry, I forgot that. to segue you back to that. Okay, so um, tiebreaker procedures right now. Um, it is so first is regular season win percentage, and then head to head win percentage, uh, and then after that, it's just the regular season win percentage in every game, and then 
I don't know where, where if that's where the tie would be broken. Um, but then after that, it would be who has more Big Ten regular season wins. And then after that. It's the regulation wins. That's what it yeah. is? Okay. It might be. Yeah, because that confused Because it keeps going. They, this would, have is, the, I'm they would have oh. the same conference record. They would have the same head-to-head. Then mm-hmm. total games. I mm, Total games overall. Wisconsin. I think is, Wisconsin has Yeah, Wisconsin's 9-20-3. and three. If it's all regular season games, like is it all regular season games? Yes, all regular like, season games. Like full-on yes, season including total. Yes, including non-conference. Then Michigan State has them be as long as Wisconsin doesn't win. Yeah, so it would be regular season win percentage. Michigan State would have Wisconsin in a tiebreaker if they fall at 23 or 20 points. There we go. That That's a route for Michigan State. So it's still, Yeah, it's still crazy to think that they could be facing Notre Dame in the uh, Big Ten tournament. Wow. And they are... Hey, let's just let's jump right back into it. Notre Dame, they're facing them now. now. Yeah, what what do you guys got? What's going on? I mean, it's still Notre Dame. It'll be a very competitive game, but I mean, they're still I think the number twelfth team in the country. Still, Mm -hmm. Um, obviously a great team, and it's kind of the same. It was an interesting thing, I think, um, because I was looking a little bit into this about for last week. That loss they had last week. Speaking of um, Wisconsin. Last week, Notre Dame was on the road at Cole Center playing Wisconsin. And it, that first game was just a complete anomaly. And it don't, and you can't really expect that. Um, but, like, their goaltending just completely collapsed. Wisconsin scored five goals on 15 shots. What? Did they still have Saint Cyr in that? Oh, my goodness. They don't have St. Cyr. No, oh, it's Goleta. No. Yeah, it's Goleta. The um, Cornell kid. So, actually, well, that game, they started Ryan Bischel. That explains it. So, um, <laughs> like, and he allowed three on five. Wait. In the first period. <laughs> oh, man. He allowed, what is this? The Wisconsin of last year? Pretty much. Oh, my God. But so uh, so starting off the game, uh, uh, Bishop allowed three on five. And then so they subbed out Goleida for the last two periods. And he allowed one goal on nine shots. So um, and then... There, then Wisconsin also got one empty netter at the end. But yeah, yes. that's an anomaly. You're right. But oh, yes, yeah. Notre Dame outshot Wisconsin in that game 41 to 15. That's called lost, efficiency. And lost 5 3. That's efficiency. They're shooting 33 from the field. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that, <laughs> that, that, could, wow. that is up there for some of the worst uh, goalie performances that you'll pretty much ever see. Um, but then, like, things returned to form the next day. It was uh, both teams put up about 30 shots. Notre Dame got a 3 2 win. Um. So nothing real, no real notes there. Um, but Notre Dame just took care of business finally in the second game, like you know they would, like they should. Yeah, we're we're speechless in the studio. We got NHL on TNT on, and Vincent <laughs> no. Tro- Vincent Trocheck just <laughs> got our leveled. <laughs> I might I have mean... to call the Sunrise Police Department. Yeah, I mean, or is it Sunrise or Raleigh? I don't know where the game's at. Doesn't They're matter. wearing their blackouts, so I think it's Raleigh. Probably Raleigh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah. So I, call the Raleigh Police Department. Uh, Vincent Trocheck might have just got battery. Just, just murder. a battery right there. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Go look at that clip. Still, <laughs> I don't. I don't see them losing five to one as an anomaly. 
because this is an Notre Dame team that I think also lost to Niagara at the beginning, like halfway through the year. Yeah, um, I have that somewhere. To me, to me and it's it's Goliath. If I remember correctly, Michigan State played Cornell. On okay, so on, two year two seasons ago, and Goliath was the goaltender was in that, that six to five loss. They like Goliath's gone really well since then. But of course, Bischel. I mean. You're a Division One goaltender in the Big Ten. You're going to be good. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm trying to say that because like it's like being an armchair quarterback or a conference room goaltender for you guys because we're in a conference room kind of a little bit. But no, for me, I, I don't see that because Notre Dame has been a team for the past two seasons that we've covered them. They play up to competition and then they play down to competition. That's why Michigan State has such a they're, – they're 4-3-3 and against them. In their last ten, they have a winning record against them, in the past in the past ten, and they have the better overall, because I mean they had their number back in like the fifties and sixties, but it's like, to me, and this is just me speaking, this is going to be a very interesting game because it's which Notre Dame are you going to get? Is this the Notre Dame that can play head to toe against the Michigans and the Minnesotas, or is this the one that? Loses five to one Wisconsin to Wisconsin and Wisconsin's five streaky three. five three five three yeah they lost five one to Minnesota really this year that's yeah, I mean, but then also a... the next day beat them over in overtime three two exactly so if I mean the law of averages every squirrel finds a nut this is probably going to be a series where it's a split just because it's it's Notre Dame but like I'm not I would not be surprised because Michigan State I think was up two to nothing in South Bend yep early Kenny and uh, Kelly and Krieger scored. Yeah. Oh, within like the I'm first, like sure. in the first couple minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. It was it was two nothing. Yeah. And then they just cut the, the lead. Yeah. They went and up two zero at a minute fifty one. And that was the first time I think this season that that happened. And then it happened twice against Minnesota. Yep. And then I think it might have happened again against Minnesota. No, I think it was just those two times. Just those two times. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Long. St- oh, yeah. actually, it might have also happened against Penn State. Could have. Possibly. Remember. Maybe. This is a weird possibility. I know for sure it's happened three times. But long story short, because I'm I'm digressing and just going on a very long rant at this point. This is where if Michigan State gets up by two goals, they have to keep their foot on the pedal. Two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. It's the biggest cliche of them all, but it really is. One shot changes the complexion of that hockey game. That's why Michigan State only being down two, he- almost heading into the second period down two, wasn't that big of a deal against Michigan at LCA. Until Granowitz makes it a three-goal lead. So, to me, this is a very interesting series because there's a lot on the line. Notre Dame can still fight for a higher spot, but it's tight at the top. Yeah. And especially if Minnesota and Michigan have games, in ha- or if especially Minnesota having games against both Penn State and Wisconsin, if that's what it is, then it's looking bleak for them to get, move anywhere up above four yeah i don't see them moving above four and that's also if michigan state pulls off at least one win regulation i will say regulation win overtime win different points yeah because notre dame closes out their season at michigan too so yeah i don't i don't see them moving above that fourth spot yeah especially if michigan's still vying for a big 10 regular season title which they will want that exactly so blank wins if no Jacob, who um, you got? if uh, who 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 am I gonna pick here? Mm, actually, no, you you choose the team who you want to play with first. I'll just start off with uh, 
with Michigan State. Um, the main thing is um, they got to score three because I'm looking at these this, the results here. So Notre Dame has been very sound defensively pretty much all year. And then they're prone, like most of their losses are just these like weird lopsided lapses where it's like they'll allow four or five goals and only put up one the other way. And like, that's kind of, it's just, that's what I find weird about it is, yeah, like that Wisconsin game I talked about earlier, um, they had another 5-1 loss to Minnesota, um, stuff like that. They just take the night off randomly. Yeah, exactly. And so the key is, I think you got to catch Goliath or Bishel or whoever on one of those off nights and then then I think they'll be fine. But yeah, like I said, it's just, it's very strange. And I think there's obviously ways to attack them. Um, and some things that they've been doing in recent weeks that I think can kind of lead them there. But there's a lot of things that are dependent on that. I just think Michigan State wins if they score first. I mean, mm. they're 9-6-1. They are, they have that one loss to Notre Dame where they scored first because it was 2 nothing. But I think with just the way that this team has been over the past few weeks, it's they need they need that initial confidence boost, especially because they're back at home. Like you get that first goal, you get it in the first period or whatever, and maybe you get it from a certain person that hasn't been in the lineup in the past 10 games. That's a different hockey team. That is a completely different hockey team. That's a different atmosphere at Mon. That's a different everything. It changes everything. At least in my opinion. I mean, it doesn't take away the 10 straight losses going into the game, but you score first and it's a certain it's certain people on the team that score, like a, a leader or a captain, an assistant captain, whoever it may be, somebody who has a voice in that locker room. You're talking about a different different beast. Because everything is still there for that for the taking. And, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd still be a little bit nervous, but that first goal would calm everything down. Especially because you know that these games are going to be tight. You need that goal. You need that opening goal. So for me, Michigan State wins if they score first. Think of the fire that Michigan State would have taking a lead into the third period. They know they got one period left. All they got to do is push as hard as they can, play their hardest hockey of the 2022 calendar year. And I think if if they do carry a lead into the third, I think that's how they win. And I'm also going to say, play a complete 60-minute game. I'm pretty sure I said this last week for Michigan, but I have yet to see it this whole calendar year. Now, now's the time that they do it. Yeah, they've put together periods here or there. They've looked decent here or there, but they have not put 60 minutes together if they want to win. They need to put a complete game together and not fall asleep for a couple shifts because we've seen time and time again this year what happens when they do that. So, Jacob, just go ahead, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, for no, I'm kind of piggybacking off what you said. Um, for Notre Dame to win, they just have to have the lead after two periods. Um, just looking at the stats, Michigan State, and this has been pretty evident all year, has been horrendous in the second period. Um, if you oh, want some gosh, shot, yeah. if you, if you, we'll just go through some some quick stats here. Um, Michigan State in the second period has been outshot this year, four hundred twenty-three to two hundred sixty-one. Uh, they've been outscored thirty-six to nineteen, 
And when they are trailing after two periods, um, there's, they are um, two and 12, as opposed to being four and one when leading after two periods. So I think that's kind of, that's been pretty obvious then just numbers wise um, that they've just not been good all year in the second period. Um, so I, if Notre Dame can exploit that and just being able to take that lead into the second intermission, then I think they should have no problem coming away with the points here. What you got, Cam? Notre Dame wins if they don't let Michigan State score a power play goal. I mean, you, you had said it earlier, it's the ninth best, or it's one of the nation's best. It, it's penalty. the best, best at 92.7. Yeah. So you got 92%. That's that's very good. That's huge. I mean, if I got a 92% on an assignment, that'd be really great. That'd be nice. Would be. So, yeah. And then Michigan State is 3-12 and 12 when not scoring a power play goal. And in a game that's going to be tight, like I had said earlier, you're going to need to score it somehow, some way, shape, or form. And for Michigan State, that's been the power play this year. They don't get it done on the power play. I don't see them getting it done five on five. Did they score four out of five goals yes. last week against Michigan on the power play? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to say... Notre Dame wins if we've used this narrative a lot, but if they score three-plus goals. Michigan State, obviously, is going to have a hard time on the power play, and they rely on that, so I don't see them scoring more than two goals. Three goals would be nice for State, but it's going to be hard to get to there. So for Notre Dame, if you want to win, score three-plus. They've been there, done that, so I see them doing it again, possibly I'm on this weekend. So that wraps up the blank wins. If moving on to the pickums, the favorite part of the show woo let's go <laughs> it's my favorite part yeah your favorite not really mine i'm just being energetic because why not uh so update in the rankings right now i am sitting at 33 cams at 39 jacob is leading with 46 last week i lost two points for doubling down on osu sweep over men we decided that right just two points on the double down loss okay yeah, yeah. um uh, we all lost two points for Notre Dame splitting against Wisconsin because uh, we all doubled down on Notre Dame there. Uh, we all got four for U of M sweeping MSU, sadly. And then, hey, Super Bowl got me one extra point, even though I lost more points than you guys this week. But Super Bowl did give me one extra point. LA beat Cincy. So that was... Do you guys watch most of that game? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. I, I honestly, I socialized with a bunch of people because I was back at home and I haven't seen them in forever. And I literally... <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bad sports fan because I did not watch most of that game. But Stafford won. Halftime show was, was fantastic. I did actually watch the halftime show, so now I sound like the opposite of a sports fan. <laughs> I missed the halftime show. No. I had to do Watch some, the replays. Some readings. Surprise 50 cent appearance. Dad, yeah, you, he was upside down. He you was. did some readings mid-Super Bowl? That's yeah. dedication. That's that's James Madison for you right there? Mm. See, okay, sorry. I shouldn't have, shouldn't, have, uh, shouldn't have brought that up. Anywho. Yeah, I was just saying, see, I was bearing my true sports journalism major dedication by being uh, paying constant attention for the entire time, including the halftime show. There you go. So uh, off on that tangent, coming back to it. Well, I'll just say the scores again. I'm in last 33, Cam 39, Jacob 46. So we got we got some extra pickums. We'll get to them. But first, we've got Ohio State ending their se- ending their regular season, I should say, at number two U of M. Who you got, Jacob? Um, give me Michigan. I don't know whether or not the Olympians will be back. Um, and I think because of that, I'm going to 
not um I'm not going to double down on it, but I think Ohio State kind of proved last weekend against Minnesota. They're not quite in that upper echelon of the Big Ten with Michigan and Minnesota. So I think until for, they give me a reason to prove it more so, um, I will say that I'm gonna, Michigan's going to pull off a sweep this weekend uh, against the Buckeyes, no especially being at Yost, too. That does not help things. Going to keep it no double down? Um. No, nah, I'm not going to double down on it because there. Is, I I really don't know the um, how it is that they're going to get those other guys back. Um. So yeah. Actually, you know what? Ooh. Forget it. We're, we're we're I'm doubling down on it. Give me the give yeah, me the. This could be the league down. Wolverine wagon. Oh, this could be the league right here. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Wolverine Cam, wagon. who you got in this one? Uh, I I like Ohio State, so I'm gonna go with a split. I, I just think that Ohio State can sneak one out. They've been able to sneak one out against teams all year. Um, and it's really hard to sweep in the Big Ten. Like, let's just be clear. It's very hard to sweep in the Big Ten. So I think Ohio State gets one. Don't know which one it will be, but give me a split. It's a rivalry series. I would say Michigan has the upper hand if they had all four of their players from the Beijing Olympics back because they all lost to Slovakia last night. That was uh that was interesting. But uh they I do not think they will have them back. I'm pretty sure they have to quarantine. I should have looked that up before I, you know, did this pick. But because of that, I think Ohio State takes one. Like I said, rivalry series usually ends up in a split. Usually keyword. So uh give me give me OSU with or not give me OSU. Give me the split and I will not be doubling down there. Next game on the slate, number seven, Minnesota. Travels to Happy Valley. Jacob, who you got? Okay, one thing first. Is it too late to, to walk back my Michigan double down? Because I'm, mm. I'm in second thoughts now. I be, Because it's you've been writing. leading, I'm playing with because you've been leading all season, no. Okay, uh-huh. fine, whatever. I'll, I'll roll <laughs> it, it. And it, it, it actually doesn't come back to bite them. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, it actually, Michigan actually does sweep, and you're just, <laughs> you just walk away with the win. Cam and I both are standing, uh, just are sitting with our jaws on the floor right now. Too is that Barkov? That was Alec, that was Barkov. Sorry, we have the Panthers Canes game going on in the background during this game. Uh, we are Alexander the best Barkov just played, just had like one of the goals of the year. I mean, Ryan's he's one on one. He takes it. Do some play by play, Cam. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he just dances around the defender between or behind the legs, Ooh. past the defender, backhand off Brady Shea. Gets the backhand. It goes tweeners on who is that? Freddie Anderson. Oh, yeah, it looks like Freddie. But that's just Anderson unreal. That. Behind the back, around Brady Shea and oh, Anderson, it just threw the wickets. Yeah. Anderson should have had that. Oh, weak stick there. That's how it got in. Ooh. Anyway, it's back. Back to oh the pod. Um, uh, no, you can't. You can't go back on your double down. And now it's Minnesota versus Penn State. Jacob, we got Minnesota versus Penn State. Uh, give me the Gophers. Uh, Gophers. It's Gophers. Minnesota is just too good. That's pretty much it. Enough said. Minnesota absolute wagon. Oh, I forgot to mention. Sorry, I'm doubling down on the Minnesota pick. Oh yeah, and same here. And <laughs> absolute wagon. I will keep this short and simple. Minnesota double down, like Cam said and Jacob said. So uh, next one on the slate, number twelve Notre Dame comes to Monai Serena to take on the Spartans. Who you got, Jacob? It pains me to do this, but I got to go with the Notre Dame sweep. Do you want to say what you put in the uh, 
the little box there. <laughs> so uh, to be funny oh, or comedic or whatever, in, in these uh, in our little table that we put on here for our, for our pickums, I just I write something just kind of d- uh, dumb or whatever to indicate what team I'm picking. Um, you would have to, I mean. So I wrote in. <laughs> so I wrote in this chat twelve in a row. Uh, an asterisk eyeball emoji. Um, eyeball emoji. And so yeah, that I just I don't know the status of Lewandowski. I don't have a handful of faith in him coming back. Um, for this weekend. And on yeah, and Michigan State's play without him has not been inspiring any, enough confidence in me to think that they'll be able to upset the number 12 team of the country. So for that reason, I am picking the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to sweep this weekend. I think it's two very close games, and I think that Michigan State breaks the streak. So I think they take at least one. So I am doubling down on a split. And I am going to copy that. I am doubling down on the split. Cam, you said it. Michigan State is 4-3-3 three, three in the last 10 against Notre Dame, correct? Yes. Pretty they, sure. Notre Dame can play down. Or Notre Dame does play down to teams and plays up to other teams. And I think they will play down to Michigan State. And Michigan State, you lost 10 straight. You're going to have some fire under your feet. I know I've said this narrative a couple times, but you you do not want to lose out these last four games at home and they put their foot down against Notre Dame and get the split. So that wraps up our uh, Big Ten pickums. We threw in just a just a couple other ones for fun. All of our all of our NHL teams. So the first one on the slate, the Blues travel to Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs in an empty stadium. Who's winning, Jacob? Um, I wonder. I wonder who you think is going to win this one. I really do wonder. Wow, I, <laughs> I'm a I'm a homer. Ooh, I, sorry. I root for my own. I root for my own home team. Uh. But no, I've got the Blues. Um, two reasons, or my answer is twofold, really. One, last time the Blues played the Leafs, um, this one was an enterprise, but they scored five on them. Um, and the only reason they lost that game, no, well, uh, was a fairly lackluster performance by Jordan Bennington, who has since lost his starting job and projected Ooh. to start in goal that day is Ville Husso, who has been just unreal this year. I think right now leads the NHL in both like save percentage and goals against average. So he's just been on another planet this entire season so far. So um, until he cools off, give me the St. Louis blues. Bold choice. Um, Very bold. Mm. I I knew you were going to bring up the Billy Huso um, argument because if he was in that, then that would you know change my answer. He will, he's projected to be. Yes. But I will say this: this is the Maple Leafs. This is Ontario's team until further notice. Until Ottawa gets their first round picks in order. How much um, of Ontario's team is it when there'll be very few Ontario? It's not their wins fault. In the stand? Not their fault. Just ask the Ontarian government. Uh, but that's <laughs> the a, Ontario that's a, that's some That's a. Um, Conflict that is well above my pay grade, so oh, I'm I don't not trying get to get into like the our pay geopolitical grade or whatever implications of this. I'm just talking about just purely who's going to win this game. Uh, Maple Leafs, not a bold statement, not a hot take. Give me the Leafs, and that'll be the only time I say that this year. This hopefully is the only time I say this in my lifetime. Give me the Maple Leafs to win. By the way, these are all for one point, and we're not doubling down, but. 
they they're doing good i think they're seventh in the nhl right now um they're up there they're doing they're good up there they uh they beat the crap out of teams at some points so uh, so the blues just saying so hey the maple leaves good team blues also having a very good season but i'm I think... just saying i'm look. i'm just looking at recent results too the blues have just been no, i'm gonna say recent results for well the i'm saying maple like leaves. the well <laughs> are they playing though? the blues of offense has been putting up numbers against some not great teams i'll admit uh but like i mean the last the last like good team they played like contender uh or for a playoff spot right now was the Flames where they won five one, but like they've put up four or five goals in like Dang. four and yeah four of the past five games. Mm. Good for them. So uh, the the offense has been rolling. So I, I would think that would continue um, against the Leafs. And speaking of rolling, let's just roll on to the next pick. The Red Wings travel to Madison Square Garden to take on the Rangers. Dency, who are you choosing? I think I noticed a theme going on with uh, yeah. looking ahead at your guys' picks, mm-hmm. uh, how how we all pick our home teams here uh, to win the game. I wonder why. Um, but no, it's the Rangers. You're playing in Madison Square Garden, and also the Rangers have been fantastic this year. Absolute wagon. <laughs> yes, exactly. No. Um, Is there an echo in this room? <laughs> no, but the Rangers, yeah. The Rangers Wait, have been fantastic. If you would have told me before the season started that Chris Kreider would be in contention for the Richard, yeah. uh, I think he's in like second place for the Richard after Drysaddle, which is absurd to me. Um, But no, between that, Shesterkin has been pretty good. Um. Adam Fox has been Adam Fox. Panarin's been good. It's, there's there's just so much depth on that team. They are they are legit and better than the Detroit Red Wings. Adam Fox just giving me like three fantasy points like all the time for like two shot blocks and assist and then something on the power play. It's like beautiful. It's amazing. It's it's Picasso. But oh my kidding. It's the Rangers, man. It's the Rangers. It's the New York for some somehow they just picked this season you know retire lundquist's number and now they're good possible stanley uh or eastern conference final contender at the moment question mark question i'd give mark? it to him question question mark. i mean shesterkin not very good i think at the beginning of the year i didn't think he was going to be that good I was, was decent. and now they're a absolute wagon who said that who they said that? Fr- that, was, that was way over there fr- <laughs> they're currently sitting at fifth in the in the eastern conference right now but still that's it they're an absolute wagon when they can be yeah my only thing is yeah that that eastern conference the top of it is just an absolute jungle with those top six teams yeah it's... between tampa pittsburgh florida carolina the rangers and leafs yeah and florida and carolina are just left hooks out of just midair right now but yeah give me the rangers for me, this one may shock you guys. Hold on to your seats. Hold on to whatever else you may want to hold on to. That Dallas jersey behind you. Hold on to it, Cam. I am picking the Red Wings. Do I think they're going to win this game? I really don't have much confidence. But, hey, I'll root for the Red Wings. Why not? They might pull an upset. They have a very tough stretch of games. And, hey, they're going to win some against teams that they shouldn't. So, hopefully against it's against the Rangers. And, hopefully, that gets me a point. So the last one, I don't know if you guys are paying attention. I don't know if you guys remember if Cam's a Dallas fan or not, but it will be Dallas at Chicago. Stincy, who you picking? See, once again, twofold thing. Uh, 
as we've talked about a handful of times, I'm a Blues fan. Um, it is very hard for me to pick the Chicago Blackhawks uh, in pretty much anything. I think I would let... It is between them and the LA Rams for my least favorite sports franchises in history. Wow. Uh, wow. Cubs are also down there, but obvious reasons. That's that's the Cards. Oh, yeah, Cardinals. Cards' biggest rival. Um, I had to think about that for a second. I, I would put those as my top, as my three least favorite sports franchises. Um, and on top of that, the Blackhawks aren't good this year. The Blues just saw them over the weekend, and... Trounced them 5-1. Um, Dallas, not a fantastic team, but better than Chicago. So give me the give me the stars. Yeah, the stars are an... I'm not going to do it again. That'd be pretty funny <laughs> if I did. I was thinking about it. No, they're, they're an absolute wagon of a team on the power play when they want to be. Um, this matchup scares me, not going to lie, just a little bit, um, because the Blackhawks are just... It's the Blackhawks... It's the Brinkett. I mean, Patty Kane is just sitting shotgun right now as the Brinkett just drives this that team forward. I don't even know what the standings are real quick in the Central. Um, um, I think I know they're that they're, they're like, like bottom, before, but they're on top of um, Arizona. Yeah, I think they're okay. So looking at the standings, the Arizona right now. State Coyotes. <laughs> yeah, the Tempe Coyotes. That that is such a weird thing. That's um, so the Stars season. are sitting at fifth in the Central right now, right yeah. below Nashville and above Winnipeg. God, Winnipeg fell off this season. Well, it's just there's six Winnipeg. points separating them on both sides. Yeah, the Stars are in the hunt right now for a playoff spot, but they've been good outside the All Star break. Give me Dallas. I don't like Chicago. Um, and I think this is at yeah, it's at United. So that kind of sucks, but. No, just give me the stars. I am also going to take the stars. I want Dallas to rain revenge for the Red Wings falling to Chicago seven to five a couple weeks ago. That was uh that was a game. So uh yeah, I think Dallas is the better team, and I think they're gonna win. So that is my pick, and that wraps up the pickums. Applause. Woo, yay. Do I actually go in and edit some applause into there? Probably no. not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do it for fun. I, I might actually, no, I don't know. But uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. We do have coverage, though, this weekend. Cameron and Jacob will be on the call on the Friday game, correct? Yes, yep. Friday game. Yeah. And then I will be writing for that Friday game, and then we will all be writing for Saturday. So we're going we're gonna to be pumping out the coverage for you guys. So look at impact89fm.org for that. And then, uh, yeah, that, that's our weekend. And then MSU closes out the regular season against Penn State the following week. So we're going to wrap it up here in the studio. Thank you so much for listening to Behind the Mask. From Ryan Rodosevich, Jacob Stinson, and Cameron McLaren, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week, and have a great one.